1: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 214. Buying a house is overrated. Here's why I did it anyway, by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com. And I am Dan, your host and narrator here on Optimal Finance Daily. We are here every Monday through Friday reading you some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet. And hey, if you have some ideas for us, if you have an author maybe that you've read that you'd like to see represented here on the podcast, give us a shout at oldpodcast.com and let us know about it. Now, today's post from Kristen Wong is yet another commentary about buying versus renting a home. And uh, on Monday, we heard about this topic as well. It's always interesting to hear what each of our authors thinks. And Kristen published this post just this month, so we figured we might as well share this one as well. But before we get into that, I want to ask you if you have subscribed to our little program yet. It helps us a lot, actually. If you do that, Uh, you'll get the newest shows delivered to you automatically. You don't have to go out and search for them. And you can build good money habits every single day. Plus, it helps us in the rankings. So if you haven't subscribed, please do just take a second to hit that subscribe button in the podcast app of your choice. Even better if you can show someone else how to subscribe as well. And that's it for now. Let's get to the post as we optimize your life. Buying a house is overrated. Here's why I did it anyway, by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com. When my husband and I bought our first home last year, we were really excited. We found ourselves saying things like, it's just such a good feeling to know we own this, it's ours. Except that it's not, not really at least. For most of us, buying a house just means borrowing money to buy a house. I like the way comedian John Mulaney puts it, Actually, we didn't buy a house, a bank bought a house, and I'm allowed to keep my shirts and pants there while I pay it off for 30 years. Yeah, yeah, I know, after you pay it off, it's yours, and you can add an extra bathroom or expand your kitchen if that's what you want. There's no checking in with a landlord, which is great, but do you really own something if you have to take out a loan to pay for it? Maybe my thinking is too old school, but I've never considered something truly mine if I'm still paying it off. This house, while it feels like a home, is no different. Especially after the housing crisis, people have turned a skeptical eye toward home ownership, and rightfully so. I can't help but wonder how many people have thought, it's such a good feeling to know you own this, only to foreclose and give their home back to the bank. Renting gets a bad rap, but how many renters have had their financial lives ruined over their housing decision? Don't get me wrong, I'm not against home ownership. After all, I own a home and I felt the same way before buying, but I also think it's overrated. Whether or not renting or buying is the right decision depends on so many different individual variables. However, people generally overshoot the pros of homeownership without thoroughly considering the drawbacks. Hidden costs of buying a house, beyond the obvious. When we first talked about buying a house, everyone had the same advice. It gets expensive and you have to fix your own stuff, they'd say. Have you considered how much maintenance will be? To me, it seemed like an obvious question, but I think a lot of people don't consider obvious costs like maintenance, What's more, maintenance just scratches the surface. There are much bigger long-term costs to consider. Taxes and insurance. Beyond your mortgage payment, you want to consider the interest you pay on your mortgage. You also have to factor in the cost of homeowner's insurance and mortgage insurance if you have it. And then there are property taxes. All of this can add up to hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of the loan. Sure, you get some of it back in taxes, and if the home appreciates, you have equity. That doesn't always offset the entire cost, though. Opportunity Costs In simple terms, opportunity cost is the amount you'd save investing your money instead of spending it. When you rent, you don't have to spend money on a down payment, property taxes, or insurance, so how much could you earn over time if you invested that money instead? Again, it can add up to hundreds of thousands of dollars. So when someone says, at the end of the day, you own the home, I always think, cool, but you might also earn more than the home's appreciation by renting and investing instead. That's not always the case, of course. It depends on the market and it relies on actually investing that money. Nonetheless, it's something to consider. Slow appreciation. Your home's appreciation will vary depending on where you live but homes don't always appreciate as much as you'd think. People like to say a home is an investment but that doesn't mean it's a good one. In fact, historically, home prices barely outpace inflation. Let's say you buy a home for 50K and it appreciates to 85K over 20 years. Sure. You own that 85K home, but that means you've made a profit of 35,000 over the course of two decades. When you crunch the numbers, that's an average annual return of 3.5%, not spectacular. Also, it's not exactly a profit if you've spent more than $35,000 on maintenance, taxes, and insurance. None of this even considers the Diderot effect, the habit of buying one thing that leads to buying more stuff. When you buy a new home, you also want to buy new furniture, new decor, a new kitchen, the list goes on. That's why a lot of homeowners use the phrase money pit. In short, you pay a hefty premium for the privilege of owning a home. You don't want to end up paying more for that privilege over time than you would have if you just rented. Thankfully, the New York Times has super useful and thorough calculators that make it easy to crunch the numbers. It analyzes all of these overlooked costs and more. Why I bought a house anyway. None of this is to say buying a house is always a bad idea. You just want to know exactly where your money goes. After all, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Don't you want to know exactly how it adds up over time? For me, the numbers made sense. For my situation over time, the cost of renting outweighed the cost of buying, even in Los Angeles, even considering taxes, insurance, and interest. I didn't just do it for the numbers though, I'll admit. I like the idea of being able to remodel whatever I want. I like the added freedom and flexibility that comes with homeownership. I don't like it enough to make an unwise financial decision, but since the numbers added up, I decided to buy. The problem is most people want to buy a home just like they want to buy anything else. So they use the common misconception that buying is inherently smart as a justification to take out a massive loan. After buying our home, I also realized there's a lot of judgment toward both home ownership and renting. People on both sides are adamant that their way is the best way. Renters think buying is a stupid investment. Buyers think renters are throwing away their money. In reality, the rent versus buy debate is completely pointless because there are so many variables to consider that neither idea is inherently good or bad. The only bad thing about buying is that now you're tied down, someone said to me recently. Now you can't really travel and leave whenever you want. That's silly though, I travel all the time. Owning a home is a big decision, but it doesn't mean you have to give up all the other things you enjoy. But this brings up a final important caveat. You don't want to be house poor. We all have different spending priorities, but you don't want your finances to be stretched so thin after buying that you have no room for all the other things you enjoy in life. People will tell you you're stupid to buy a house or you're stupid to rent, or you're stupid to enjoy an expensive sushi dinner when you can just eat rice and tuna at home. All that matters though are your own priorities and your financial well-being. That means staying on track with long-term goals like retirement and prioritizing the things that matter to you most. You just listened to the post titled, Buying a House is Overrated, Here's Why I Did It Anyway, by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com.
0: Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS ground Advantage shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear, upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there
1: So there you have it, another perspective on the big rent versus own debate. And you can share your own thoughts on her post. You can comment there. We have it linked at oldpodcast.com. And before we go, it would be great if you could subscribe to our show if you haven't done that already. And while you're out there, check out the other podcasts in our network. There are three of them now, and you can find them by searching for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're listening to this show. And that's it for episode 214. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I will see you tomorrow in the Friday show where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life.